Hello everyone. How's everyone doing? My name is Pablo. I'm co-founder of Felixer. We're here from Public Us in Las Vegas. Um, I'm right next to Graham Carr and we're going to learn a little bit about, about him. Um, I've known him for, for a bit now. We actually met through a company called Teamwork. Um, definitely gave us a lot of uh, support, um, introducing us to a lot of people here in downtown. Um, so, Graham, I don't know, where, where do we start, man? Uh, yeah. Give us a little bit of background about yourself. It's great to be here. Um, born and raised in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time working for Zappos. I was the head of social there. Uh, worked on the Life is Beautiful project and helped put on some bicycle events in the area. Uh, my family put on a, a critical mass blinking bike ride called Blinking Man uh, for several years uh, that we haven't done in quite some time, but you know we're starting to figure out what we want to do with it next. Um, myself and three other partners uh, have a space on Main and Charleston, right next to Makers and Finders, called Teamwork. Uh, we're a dev shop. We do apps, websites, uh, digital marketing for a lot of different companies. Uh, companies like. Uh, Steve Madden, Betsy Johnson in the footwear space, but then also um, some health clients, some hospitality clients, and uh, we're pretty excited. We just op helped uh, some friends open a bicycle co-op in the back of our space. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, you know, we're lucky enough to be on Main with really uh, great real estate, and we had a shop in the back that wasn't being used because Vegas summers are pretty brutal. Um, these guys at Crank and Grind have been... Uh, doing bicycle repair in the neighborhood for a long time and really just kind of needed a home and so um, we allowed them to move into the space uh, to see if we couldn't help kind of jumpstart their uh, their business and they came in made our space look beautiful they redid the entire area painted some really beautiful murals in the back and at any given time I mean there's 50 bikes in the shop they're always working on people's bikes and you know, it was first it was Burning Man, and now it's pedal pubs that they're doing, and now they they build these double decker bikes too, and it's pretty cool. We have a really sweet community kind of coming and going through that through that space all the time, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. Oh wow, okay, so there's, I mean, you, you laid out you laid out a buffet of a buffet uh, of options of what's, for us of what's to talk happening, about. man, That's in right. your life. That's amazing. So why don't we start with the with what to me it sounds like a little bit of the roots uh, blinking man you said your family was was uh, throwing that so what tell me about a little bit about that yeah so you know we liked riding our bikes around downtown Las Vegas because it was the best way to explore it downtown's really beautiful when you slow down a little bit and get down on the street level there's a lot of people to see and businesses to interact with um, at night it's just safer to be seen and so we would deck our bikes out in these blinking lights, LED lights, flashing lights, things that you could get for free, some things that you would invest a little bit in, uh, spoke lights, all of that. Um, and we, you know, would, would ride around in a pack of about a dozen. And we said, hey, what if we, like, put on a, an event, you know, got a couple bars interested, we could, like, ride to each place and, like, hang out for 45 minutes and then kind of slow ride to the next bar. Maybe this will be a way to, like, get people back on their bicycles. Like, kind of yeah. take people by the hand, bring them down here, show them, yes, it's safe. No, you're not going to die. Yeah. And, yes, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we didn't spend any money in marketing to start. We had about 30 people at our first ride. Um, by the time we did our last ride, we easily broke 500 people at our last ride. And it, it is just madness. Like, it's so we, rad, we did them in themes, too. We had, like, a rave ride. We had an up-and-spoke 420 ride. We had a, 
a superheroes and villains ride, a Beatles ride. They all have these kind of cool themes, and people just take it and run with it. I mean, it's it's bigger than my family now. Yeah. Like we we think that we have some kind of idea of what's going to happen, and we're always amazed the moment that we pull into the first stop and people have kind of taken an idea and run with it. I mean, I imagine it's how festival founders must feel, you know, when they when they put on something and then people just kind of show up, and, and the community really does. It's a, it's a great area for that. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. For people who have ever thrown a party just at home or even a big festival, you know, yeah. there's always a core who starts it, but then the people who are there are, are the people who make up the party, and then they take it to a space that you never thought it was going to get to, so... Well, it's, it's like a, really it's, not yeah, even about group, us anymore. You know, that, yeah, it's but the, the big group that makes it makes it happen. Very it's, cool. It's really weird when, like, you know, the first couple rides we know pretty. There you go. And we're back. Yeah, and we're back. So, uh, yeah, it's just bigger than us now, and uh, it's there's bike events that happen all the time. Our family still does spoke easy rides, which are much smaller, you know, 20, 30, 40 people, and that's people that bring their kids to and kind of pedal around downtown Las Vegas. There's, of course, the Hammer and Cycle guys that were here before Blinking Man that still have a pretty big presence. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's the Monday night rides, the, the um, Smash Brothers rides that take off from the beat. There's just a lot going on. And, and yeah. I mean, now we have bicycle sharing in downtown, too. Yeah, so. I, just saw, I just saw you on TV, actually. You, you <laughs> oh, were, goodness. You were there, huh? So, yeah, pretty much anybody can, like, pop down here you know, ring their card in a machine, check out a bike and ride it around all day long. Can, and it's cheap. Can you give some background in, into that program? Do you know the history of it? and Just a little on? bit. So, like, Ron Floth, who's with the RTC, has constantly um, stayed on the city and in, in the media's mind saying we really need to up our bicycle game in the area. Um, you know, cars are an issue in every city. There's only so much room for traffic and there's only so much room for speed and in an area like this where you're trying to bring creatives together and you're trying to bring businesses together bicycling is a great way to do that businesses can invest a much a much smaller amount to allow for many more people to park you know we had this conversation with the guys at the downtown grand last summer because we were rolling up into their parking lot almost every night and we were like hey why don't you guys have bike racks like you guys leave these three or four spots available for would-be valet people that are never going to park there, and you could put 50 bikes in that space. Like, you could put eight people from a car in that space or 50 people on bicycles. What's better for a business? Mm -hmm. Not to mention, it's a scene. So you have 50 bicycles that are all lit up at night, and the people that get off of them are happy. That creates a vibe that yeah. doesn't happen from people just getting in and out of their cars. So. Yeah. You know, businesses like uh, like Rebar or the Huntridge Tavern, um, Hop Nuts on Main Street, these businesses all, like, get it and, like, encourage bicyclists. Uh, the Monk House does, too. There's businesses now that full-on say, like, yeah, bring your bicycle inside or we'll give you a spot in the in the backyard. Like, and they get that, that kind of perception of I don't want to get my bike jacked, so give me a safe place to put it. Yeah. Um, you know, the bunkhouse is my favorite for that because you can basically wheel your bike into the backyard and go and watch a show and come out and your bike is, you know, perfectly fine. You don't even really have to lock it up. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really cool that the conversation is drastically changed. But RTC Bike Share and and what Ron has done is they've watched what other cities have done and they haven't just sprung into okay now we need a thousand bikes. They're scaling this program. They started by 
doing surveys of who even wanted them and then surveying where should we put these things and then starting with a small area to do it in and they they have a scale plan that i think makes a lot of sense like let's not overly invest in a thing that everybody can come back and point out as a failure if you know if it's not adopted quickly they've kind of started small which to us in the tech industry is like yeah great minimum viable product that works um, and they've put all these racks out you can go scan your credit card check out a bike ride it around as much as you want to bring it back and you can drop the bike off at any of the locations you don't have to bring it back to where you originally picked it up and so that's really nice right because you yeah. can end up on the other side of downtown and leave your bike at one of the one of the docks and be on your way if you need to you don't have to find out figure out a way to get back to where you started yeah i've, I've definitely seen um a lot of improvement in terms of how they're i guess building out downtown yeah in the that green regards. are great aren't they yeah so you know i've have you ever been to Barcelona or to, or to, to oh, Spain or anything like that? I'd love to. Though. So, like in Barcelona or a lot of European cities, they, the way they were built out, like back in 1859, is by super blocks. So, like they they created the whole city in blocks, right? So, what they did over time is more population started, um, more people, urbanized. Um, they created what they call super blocks, where in like one square. They wouldn't let um, cars, or I guess like big transportation, um, go through this specific um, area, yeah. right? And then it would, it would just, I guess, um, create some sort of like fence for more traffic to go around this this block. So surprisingly, so in, we actually... in those areas, there would be more more restaurants, more businesses, and more people walking. That and that would actually increase business a lot. Hundred I mean, they've shown it, you know. So you're seeing that kind of action here with like what they're doing on Main Street and Commerce. Those are becoming yeah. one-way streets. They're going to have dedicated bike lanes. They're making the sidewalks wider. They're putting yeah. in foliage. Uh, the the one-way streets, of course, that's been shown to help businesses actually. Um, but there are also streets in downtown Las Vegas, such as Sixth Street, where cabs aren't aren't allowed to drive up and down it, and that's for a reason. Okay, I didn't know that's that. That's because. They're pedestrian. They're they're made for pedestrians. They yeah. should be a pedestrian thoroughfare, not a thoroughfare to the the city's you know uh, tourist yeah. uh, vein. There are enough roads to handle that. Yeah. Don't cru- They don't need to fly through the neighborhoods, right? So you see a lot of bicyclists, you know, cruising up Sixth Street, and that's because you're not allowed to have cabs that are just hauling down Sixth Street. Yeah. But you know, downtown's a little interesting, especially. In the blocks that we have from like 6th to 12th streets, that's all lawyers row. So in most downtowns, th- that would be packed with like your your creative class. Those would be yeah. bustling neighborhoods that are having block parties on weekends and would have a lot of cars and traffic. For us, because it's nearby City Hall and all of our courthouses, these are law offices that are closed from 5 p.m. on Friday until 9 a.m. on Monday. Yeah, and that means dead. that there's no there's no traffic mm. on these seven blocks, you know, every weekend. And it's great for bicycle riding because mm. no traffic means safety, right? We don't have to contend with cars trying to get from one place to another. And there's also, downtown has a lot of great alleyways. There's like an alley system that runs through downtown. It's at like every other block. There's a clear alley that goes from, I want to say it's like, I think it goes from like Bonneville to Fremont in most cases, and, and in some and in some cases it gets cut off. But there's these north south alleyways that run 
where you could ride in and not have to deal with a car whatsoever, even if there was traffic. And then, of course, Yards District has it on both sides of Maine. Yeah. There's the art, the art alleys that are really fun to ride in. Have you caught wind of any of these um, like underground uh, alley cat races? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that they're pretty gnarly. I've never been to one, but I, I hear that they're that they're a lot of fun. There's, I mean, Vegas has a great cycling community for people that like real cycling. I mean, not that what we do isn't real cycling. Well, just but, racing. Like, right. Yeah. Pe but people that do it for the fitness, for yeah. the for the, the personal drive, you know, the, the cycle cross teams here are doing really well. I mean, I've, I've watched, you know, we were talking about Nate this morning and his yeah. team. The kid is a beast, right? And like, yeah. I've watched them do races over by like the Boulevard Mall where they shut down the roads over there and, and put on races. And it, it's really a bummer that they have to they have to do these things at like 11 p.m. Yeah. in order to pull them off, right? Yeah. But like, you know, the, the crit series that happened downtown, that was kind of cool. I'd like to see them do more stuff like mm -hmm. that. You know, the, anything that gets people on a, on a bicycle or gets people to think that they should be on a bicycle is really good for the city. Yeah, it's very great. I, I, love, the, I love how... Love that blinking man. I mean, when when is that gonna happen? I want to go to one of those. I mean, it's like it's like literally a, a mu it sounds like a music festival on wheels, you know? Yeah. Like, are people just like have like stereos on and stuff or what? Yeah. So we have um, we have DJs. Sorry to bring it up again, but no, I'm like bring I'm it addicted, up, man. man. You're what you're doing is you're making sure that we take action. So yeah. Th this thing, you know. I'm gonna bring some Summerlin people down for this one. Well, it was started. It was started a little tongue in cheek and. It got way bigger than we, I think, ever thought it would. And the, you know, people always say, that, like, how come you guys don't do it anymore? And my, like, my canned response is because we can't control how people party. <laughs> like, some people, some people like to rage, some people don't. And for us, we want everybody to stay vertical on a bike, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> we can't afford for anybody to get hurt. We yeah. don't want people to get hurt. And yeah. I don't, I don't mean that. Um, monetarily, yeah. I, I mean that like soulfully. Like yeah. we don't want, we don't want anybody the next day to be like, yeah, this ride is bad for business. Yeah, like well, it, I mean, that's what happened to that crit down here in downtown. Oh, there was, was a big crash. That was brutal. Like, yeah. Well, so, yeah. So I get it. Cool. But you know, but Blinking Man, like, I, I personally, like, I think it'll be back. We're working on some things. I know. It, Let it me might know. not be the exact same as it was, but we. Mm. we we can't stop putting on bicycle events here. We're not going to yeah. stop just because they get too big. Yeah, no. Scale no shouldn't be the thing that gets in our way. But, you no know, way. we we treated it a little differently. Like, we we take out an insurance policy on this ride. We make sure that we cover the people that ride in it. We have first responders that ride in the ride. We have people that, that, uh, that hold traffic. We have people that make sure that people are getting plenty of water. We have people that... Yeah have the maps we, do, we go through all of that we go through all of that to make sure people that have a great time and we try to make sure that that's they're not wearing like a specific colored t-shirt they're kind of blending we don't want it to feel like a corporate event we've never had a sponsor yeah and you know who well, knows? I, think, I think it's great mainly because like you have someone you have people on on bikes and right. that's really important especially right now this year there's been tons of deaths of people on bikes um throughout the entire valley right um in, I mean, up in, in Summerlin, there's like, there's like cyclists getting shot with BB guns, like just just because they're riding, you know. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of stories out there. People just hit and runs, uh, a lot of road rage. So I think this also kind of overlaps the idea of, you know, get used to seeing people on bikes on the road. 
you know, and, and, and that should be something that's natural and should be something positive. Can not, we talk not, about the deeper problem of drive-by BB gun shootings in yeah, Summerlin? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a real <laughs> it's a real thing, you know. Like it's so ridiculous. It's insane. It's insane, and, it, and it's a it's a mentality, and mm-hmm. I don't know where that mentality comes from, but it's happening. So, right. Um, it's kind of a human thing, right? Like, I would say most bicyclists have this understanding of like, well, we're all human. We all own these roads. Whether you're going 45 miles an hour or 15 miles an hour, we each have the same. We each we all deserve these lanes just as much as each other, and like, you know, slow down for a second or give me give me an extra foot or switch lanes if you really need to get somewhere. Switch lanes. Yeah, I mean, but, I was I was riding with a buddy and some guy pulled up around us, got out of his car and like was in our face, like wanting to start a fight and wow. stuff. You know, and it's like. You know, it's seven o'clock in the morning, man. Right. Like, plus, like you know, when you do the math on the amount of time you cost him on his way to work, him getting out of his car instantly multiplied the waste of time that you caused him by like an infinite amount. Like when you do the math on how fast a car is going, having to stop at one red light—that's one minute difference. Yeah. Like in the grand scheme of life. Yeah. That's one minute. Yeah. Like. So, I mean, you know, there's other cities are, they have campaigns. They have campaigns on, you know, on social media, on the city. Not just like a billboard that says three feet, you know. I mean, the the billboards aren't working. It's not just a bicycling problem here, though. It's also pedestrians. Pedestrians are killed at an alarming rate in this city. And we watch people on Main Street walk across a lit crosswalk get almost taken out every day and you can hear the you can hear the the car horns and you're like the motorists are outraged that people are walking in a designated place for them to walk where does this like mentality come from yeah and you know not not to talk about politics and stuff i mean like uh, other states other countries also have laws like you can't throw anything at at a bicyclist right you know like you get fined for that right so you know there's there's a lot of a lot of things to be done around that so i think you know, uh, bringing awareness to that is, is always is always a good thing. Um, all right, it's cool. So, tell us a little bit about WeWork. You know, and, and um, how you're still based out of there, right? So you're, yeah, you're uh, teamwork is interesting. We, um, I think, initially moving into that space, thought it would be a co-working space. We thought it would be a place that people would come and pay memberships and be able to start their businesses and work out of there and use it as a shared office space and we thought we could in some way kind of curate the people that are there mindfully select members for it that would be highly likely to work with each other on projects in the future you you fast forward three months into the project and we pretty much were like okay uh, well, we're pretty much out of space, and we've grafted the companies that were working in it together into one company. So, like, teamwork went from being a co-working space that was also offering some serve, like the the original, um, like Chris uh, Coy and Josh Stanley. They had another partner, A. They were doing client work under the the name of Teamwork, and then they also had the space. And, th- and since then, we've kind of, I, I brought my clients in, I became a partner of uh, Teamwork 2, and it's become a full-service agency. So it's design, it's development, it's architecture, it's operations, um, and then it's uh, growth. So we do, you know, digital marketing, search marketing, um, we do a lot of social, uh, we do some ad buying, we do some strategy. Um, 
and we still don't want to change, you know, the fact that teamwork is a community space. We want people to be able to come in there and, um, you know, tap into the minds that are in there or work for a day or hang out. But we've really kind of moved away from the, the co-working membership mentality, mostly because we have 12 employees now. Oh, and wow. I, I don't know if you've been in the space recently, but it's, you know. No, I didn't know you had 12. It's bustling. That's so awesome. there's, in any given day, you know, all the seats are full and, yeah. you know, there's people taking calls side by side, you know, whiteboarding things, doing stand-up meetings, you know, and now that it's <laughs> cooling killer, off, I, those meetings will move into the backyard, I think, too, yeah, but yeah. it's, this space is being used now yeah. mainly for this, this full-service agency. Yeah, I love when, when I, when um, Kaz and I first dropped in there, we had, it was a great vibe, you know, it was, that's why we, we wanted to go back and kind of talk to you guys a little bit more, I mean, you yeah. have a great team, and that's, it's really important. People are everything. Yeah, you um, you create. You're either a magnet or a, a repellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So there's always. Well, I don't know. My uh, it's gonna be magnets. I was kind of like raised with this idea that if you like constantly bring light in your life, then the cockroaches scatter, and the people who also bring light are naturally attracted to you. So like that kind of abundance really like draws people into you and usually like the, the flakes of the world can't really stand to be around yeah yeah they, around that they they scatter eventually right right yeah they just good. can't hang I, like there's it's just like over positivity there's too much going on over stimulus it weirds them out right <laughs> they're like oh this is weird i don't know i've never been in this energy before <laughs> and it's a good litmus test right like yeah. can can you hang with constant positivity yeah. or <laughs> so how was your that so that's interesting so how was um your your hiring process it's a really good question i mean for us we uh the four partners we all worked for zappos and it's not often that a business has started with partners that are all from the same company and we all four of us absolutely loved working for zappos like we we learned so much it was a really great paid education and you know learning the way that amazon does business seeing how a company like Zappos does hiring and handles culture and growth and progression and all of that is great. Somewhere along the way, though, for all of us, the party kind of stopped. And, you know, I think it's that idea of it's not a party if it's every night kind of thing. We, we wanted to find reward in the work more so than in just culture events. Like, we, we want our culture to be absolutely that quality, but we want... We want the work that we do to, to speak volumes about who we are as professionals and that be how we grow. And so, you know, we, we I think that we've taken the, the things that we loved the most about Zappos. Like, I don't know if you... In, in the space, we, we do some silly things. We have, a, we have an eraser that says wrong on it and it's basically, it's a trophy. It's a, a creative calisthenics trophy where... It's for wordplay. If you like make a pun or a bad joke or um, what have you, the eraser gets tossed to you. And what it leads to is like riffing. And it, and it happens usually early in the morning when we get there, somebody starts it and it just gets passed around. And it, this does not take up all day. This is not even like a five minute thing. It's usually like a two minute thing. We're, we're all laughing about it and participating and then we kind of get back to work, right? So like, at Zappos, there was a lot of parades, a lot of noise making, a lot of parties, a lot of a lot of potlucks, and, and a lot of drinking, right? And like we, 
we don't drink in the space that often. I mean, we have hop nuts two doors down on Fridays. We do go and get like our Friday beer, but it's like, you know, Friday afternoon is different than every day at three. So we're a little bit more, a little bit more. I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but we're, we've reined that in a little bit. And the people that we've hired, we have a couple people who have also worked at Zappos, but we've also looked for people that have a culture that we're looking for. So. We're looking for people that are generous. We're looking for people that, you know, bring abundance into situations. We're looking for people that can um, look at problems and quickly assess what needs fixing and, and get things done, right? So um, introverts and extroverts both are capable of both of that. At, at Zappos, it was a lot of, a lot of extroverts, right? Because, like... People who can make the most noise, people who are happy to jump into a parade, and it, it becomes a weird home for people that are quiet. Yeah. But you could still be a culture fit yeah. and be quiet, and we absolutely love having you here because you get stuff done, right? And so, like, we have we have a, a group of people now that really get a lot done and still have fun, and we we have fun in a lot of different ways, but it, it's. I would say it's a little bit more reined in. We're we're so excited about the clients that we're working with. I mean, we built this app for a client called Style with a Cause uh, about a month ago, and this client came in with just an idea, and an idea and a and a customer on the other line that would be willing to pay for the idea, and. You know, a month later, we are watching a live fashion show with people using the app that we built, and people are favoriting their favorite looks as they walk down a runway. And she gets to get up there at the end of it and give this speech, and she's just like elated by the turnout from it, by the interaction that people had had. And then when we finally had our our conversation with her, she was just like bubbling over afterwards. And and we like our biggest reward is in those moments where a client is like near tear happy at, at the kind of work that you do. That's that's better than payment. I mean, well, payment is good, but I mean, like it's that's better than anything. So we're we're really motivated by the customer success. Sure. Now. Sure. And you you also. Um... I remember seeing your profile, and you, you mentioned you had a little bit to do with Life is Beautiful, yeah. and that was just, uh, I think, last weekend, right? Yeah. How was so, that? Were you there? Oh, man. I was all up in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How was it? Man, this this festival was really great. They, they do a really good job. Um, when I was at Zappos, and they decided that they wanted to move downtown, Tony said, okay, who wants to lead groups on art, music? Uh, media, they had all these different verticals, charity, you know, we want to move into the area, and if you have a passion about any of these things, you know, we want you to come up with ideas for what could happen. I, like, quickly snapped into a music role. I'm, I go to 1.5 shows a week on the average, about six shows a month. Um, and, you know, we helped fund the Neon Reverb Festival, which is still in existence now. Uh, and that's when I met Ray Han, who was the founder of Life is Beautiful. This is while he was still at uh, the Cosmopolitan. You know, we got together. He said, hey, I, I think I have the partners on board to do a two-day festival in downtown that's art, food, music, and a speaker series. And for me, it's like I don't have to be in charge of something to be on, on the bus. And if he has the, the connections and is going to wrangle the investors. Like, 
I, I think I still have the email somewhere, but I was like, I will give any ounce of talent that I have to making a festival happen in downtown Vegas. Yes, like sign me up. So I did social advertising for them for that first year, and then I did it again for them in their second year when they grew to a three-day festival. Um, and uh, last year had the opportunity actually to join the Life is Beautiful team full-time when they moved into Wendo Media. Oh, wow. And so I became the VP of digital for Wendo Media and, and did all of, uh, like, really kind of worked as a conduit between the executive team, the production teams, uh, Another Planet, Insomniac, which are our, our booking partners, um, and then the, the customer uh, from a marketing standpoint, driving ticket sales. And, you know... It's grueling, you know. You have an event that's going to happen. It's those are a lot of get there at seven a.m., come home at two a.m. kind of nights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt like working on a startup. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and it was tough, man. But it, it's you know super rewarding when you watch when you know when you watch a hundred thousand people pour through the gates over a weekend. It's really touching, and all these people that are getting to some of them experiencing downtown Las Vegas for the first time and. You know, seeing art and music and bands that they love and like the the fellowship of it all, like it's like church, you know, but like not. <laughs> it's it's like church, but like way more lit. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, you know, this year I I wasn't sure in the fall like if it was going to come back or what they were going to do with it, and I, um, you know, ran into Chris Coy who's one of the partners at Teamwork. I, yeah, yeah. I ran into him at a coffee shop, to use a Tony word, serendipitously collided with uh, with Chris Coy at a coffee shop, the way that Tony talked about it yeah, several yeah. years ago. And made it happen, man. Dude, I put in my notice that day, and we said, we're going we're gonna to move into this thing. This is the next step in my career. I've been wanting to do client work for a long time. My family and friends have been telling me for a long time this is the direction I needed to go, you know. How how important has um, your your surrounding support um, been to your career? And it's everything. So like, I'm lucky enough. My family lives six blocks from me. So I'm born and raised in downtown Vegas. Still live in downtown Vegas. My family still lives in downtown Vegas. Um, you know, there it's everything. I'm the again, just like with teamwork, people are kind of what it's all about. And you know, we're. I think I have a, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about some things, and it, it's pretty clear when we start talking about some topics, and most of that is rooted in people that I love. So there's, it's a great time to be a, a downtown Las Vegas. Awesome. Very cool, man. Um, all right, so I think that, that kind of brings us all the way up to like where we're at now. Uh, do you have any outlook on or any vision on where, where you want to go or where you're taking things? Anything, any updates, any... Uh... Yeah. Big things coming up? So we want Teamwork to scale. We want to continue um, to serve clients, and we want to do that in a bigger way. We want to keep growing our team. Uh, we want to keep growing our client base. We're doing a lot in the hospitality space right now. Um, I'm really interested in what a lot of companies in Las Vegas are doing. Um, the conversations that we're able to have every day, kind of, especially being right next door to uh, in what is, in my opinion, the best coffee shop in Las Vegas... Uh, it opens us up to all kinds of great connections. I think that, uh, and I think that the future is bright for for the area and for our business. I, I think you know, teamwork is is where uh, is where my heart is, where I spend a lot of my time thinking. And I think that you know, we want to be an independent business that shows people that you know 
things can happen in downtown Las Vegas that don't revolve around gaming, that don't revolve around master planning. You know, it's a diversified industry. We, we really want to continue to try to bring the best people into the area and put them to work and, and do really great things for really good people. Sick, man. I love it. I love lucky. It. We're so lucky, man. It's, I love a, it. it's such a cool time to be here. And uh, I didn't think if you would have asked me four years ago if I would have been involved in the business on Main Street. Yeah. Um, I would have said that's like a, a dream. And um, it's really cool to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm from Florida, and that, that little space over there, Main Street and, uh, you know, Central. And yeah. That Those little areas right there. They're exactly... If you go to Miami, I can show you spots in Miami that look just like that. Yeah. Except you have, like, major startups on these streets that you would never think if you look up their offices, like, their million-dollar offices right there. Right. And the coffee shops... I mean, I have a buddy of mine. Um, they're called... Um, actually, the, the the name of their company is it's called Buddy. It's, a, it's an app. That's cool. Um, it's, instead of a U, it's spelled with a V. And they oh, took I've me. never seen a company do that before. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they needed the name, you know. And so, <laughs> for those of you listening at home, yeah. teamwork is Team V V O R K. I know. So, when, I, when I saw when you that, said it reminded buddy me with a V. Same, yeah, it reminded me the same thing too. So, but yeah, man, they they have a spot out there, and, and they're on these on these really they're right above an awesome coffee shop actually. Super um, cool. But you would never think that it was there, and yeah. and it's it's gro- that area is growing really really fast. It's very what people label quote-unquote hipster you know yeah um it's because they're out of adjectives yeah yeah so you know that that whole area there is is definitely moving towards that that okay. ground where it's you know um counterculture you know and just yeah. authentic so i think it's uh, i think it's a great thing um well, you if, know how that is like you when you, if you see somebody more than once then you know that then you assume that they're a local and you feel comfortable having yeah. a conversation unless, with them unless you're walking the streets of Lima and then you kind of if you see someone <laughs> around more than once you <laughs> you want to go the other way <laughs> yeah well Lima Main Street probably a little different yeah yeah no a little secret my dad taught me a, a long time ago from walking a big city and, and you see the same same guy walk around more than twice, you have to make sure uh, you know he's not chasing you or something. That's right. But anyways, yeah, um, we, um, that street's pretty cool, man. We know like all the business owners all up, all the way up the block, and it's yeah. really cool to like see how they come together and and the ideas that come out of them just knowing each other and for sure. You know, we we learn new stuff every day just from our neighbors. Like you know, Mark Abelman across the street is or a prime Kevin. Example. What about Kevin from? Kevin's a good example. So I finally too. met him, and you remember you, you connected us yeah, to him. Yeah, Kevin and from Hop Nuts is a great. Yo, his dude. story is amazing. I'm gonna get him on the podcast. But I mean, that guy is mad. He's real. They're making 12 beers in that building. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Like yeah. you have that. You have you know everything that Josh is doing at Makers and Finders. That that place is so packed now. Yeah. Like in its first year, I used to sit at that bar with one or two other people every morning and it was like okay this place is going to catch on eventually for sure and now like i walked in there yesterday and was like can i oh can i get an order can i can i yeah. put an order in now can i and they were just it's slammed it's good but stuff. i mean uh mark abelman across the street at inside style like that's somebody i think you should definitely get on the podcast too the guy was the president of the 18b arts district he started an interior design business on main street before anyone thought that could happen and that yeah. building is absolutely beautiful and they do all kinds of great stuff for the community and like he comes over and pitches ideas and he comes over and talks about things that could happen in the neighborhood they turned their warehouse 
uh, one night they did a theater production in their warehouse. Pop-up they got, theater. They are just that's cool. down. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, like, awesome. that's what community looks like as yeah. well. We have a space. Well, okay, yeah, you can use it. And I mean, that happens at Makers, that happens at Hop Nuts, in our space. Uh, you know, the stuff that's going on at Rebar is super cool right now. I don't know if you've popped in there, but no, I Derek's story is so beautiful. Like, you have a guy lives in downtown Las Vegas, contributes a ton to the area in the way of, like, what he did with Theater 7, the first, like, movie house in downtown Vegas, outside of, of course, the Huntridge. Um, and uh, Atomic gets cancer, beats it, and then opens a antique store that has a bar in it on Main Street that is the, the f- funnest isn't a word, but it, it, it is in this case. Like, it is the most fun bar in downtown Vegas. Like, it's, it's gangster, so much man. fun. Cool. And across the street from Velveteen Rabbit, right? So you can like sure. go into this antique store and create a nice base of, of what they call cheap beers, and then go across the street to Velveteen and have something craft and have a wonderful nice. night. You can I'm do a whole circuit. It yeah, it's cool. I love Main Street, man. That's awesome. Okay, so how can um, if people want to contact you, uh, you know, what you have going on? How can people reach out? Yeah, um, come to Teamwork.com. T e a m v v o r k dot com. Uh, we also have Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, if they, if anyone wants to reach me directly, my email's graham at teamwork.com. Um, but I would love to meet people face to face. Coffee's on me. Come, uh, come hang out sometime. Cool. Any other shout outs to anyone, man? Close uh, it off. I have a great team, great family, uh, but I'm just, uh, proud to, proud to be here. And thanks for having me. No, of course. Of course. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's it. I'm going to be posting this, uh, very soon and we'll see you next time. Thank you.